The Tom Woods Show, episode 1744. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Hi, everybody. Tom Woods here. Joined today by Donald Wilson, who is the CEO of a company called Gearbubble, which is the company that before the year is out, I will finally be using as a platform to be selling Tom Woods Show merchandise. I am sick and tired, I I mean this playfully, of people telling me, Woods, how come I can't get a a shirt or a a mug or whatever, all these different sorts of things with your logo or with some funny saying or anything from the show? Other shows have that. The Brian McClanahan Show has that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So why don't you have it? Well, all right, well, because I've been a lazy bum. If that's the answer you need, that's the answer I'm going to give you. Anyway... Don Wilson runs this platform that I'm using. So I thought, well, you know, I'm using this platform to sell my wares to people who are demanding them. So let's check in with the guy and talk to him about this company and also what it's been like to run a company during this crazy shutdown period that we're in and related questions like that. So Don, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Tom. All right, I've known you for a little while, uh, sort of because of, you know, business uh, interactions we've had. And I know about Gearbubble. That's your baby. Before we get into your story and stuff, can you just describe what Gearbubble does? And I mean, it just seems like a that's an amazing accomplishment that you created something like that. Thank you. Yeah, Gearbubble, by nature, is a print-on-demand platform. And what that means is people take sales of mugs, T-shirts, jewelry, and things like that on the internet. And instead of the traditional model where you have to know how many products you're going to sell in advance, forecast, buy in advance, and kind of lose money, we just print it after it's sold. Print it basically on demand, and we have unlimited scale for all of the most common products in the apparel and marketing industry. Okay, so that's pretty good. So it's the idea of it is that it's, I would think, not only could a seasoned person in this area use it, but it's newbie friendly because a lot of this stuff that you would have had to do in the bad old days is now taken care of by you guys. Absolutely newbie friendly. Because if, for example, traditionally you wanted to sell a t-shirt, you'd need to know how many larges you want, how many mediums, how many smalls, how many extra large, buy in advance. And if you get it wrong, you lose money on all the waste that you had to order in the first place. And we eliminated all of that. All right. That's great. All right. Let's start in on... um, Well, first of all, I noticed I was very pleasantly surprised to see, because in my Facebook friend world, I have numerous different groupings, let's say. I have I have my my wonderful, slightly crazy libertarian people. I have my high school people who look aghast at the crazy opinions I have and try to stay polite with me because they liked me in high school well enough. And then I have my internet marketing people who sometimes wade in and out of discussions on my page. And sometimes they say, I don't want to touch Woods's feed with a 10-foot pole given the, <laughs> the sorts of people in these, in these threads. But I noticed that you shared, I, I posted a quite a long reflection on the issue of the lockdowns. And I know you're kind of an apolitical guy. So I was pleasantly surprised to see that you shared that. So thank you for doing that because you might have gotten in trouble for sharing that. But uh, where are you living right now? What kind of uh, lockdown have you guys had? I'm actually living in Kansas right now, but I've been very different than the average person. I've actually traveled a lot during all of this. Uh, and I've, maybe I've lost perspective. I don't know. But I've kind of been bounced around everywhere within the U.S. I, I used to travel outside the, the country a lot. And 
Uh, it's been slightly a blessing for me because I can't go outside the country and I've been enjoying any small city that I can get to. And I've actually, I haven't let it affect me that much. I've just been trying to live my life as normal as possible. Yeah, well, that's, you know, even that is seditious in this day and age, even to say those words. But it's funny, that's exactly what I've been doing. And I, I've just started to get the international travel bug right at this moment, unfortunately. So <laughs> there's no country that'll let us in, unfortunately, is the problem. You know, and because and, I was thinking at a time like this, I'd like to visit countries that you could still get a lot out of, even if they are somewhat closed or social distance or whatever, like Iceland. A lot of what you want to see in Iceland is outdoor and spread out. So you could still enjoy Iceland pretty much just as well. It's just that they've limited you know, the countries from which they're admitting tourists. So it's it's been a problem. But you're right. I, it's been an opportunity for me to go, you know, like next this week where we're talking right now, I'm actually in Wyoming, for heaven's sake. When was I ever going to get a chance to go to Wyoming? But I want to go to all 50 states. This is number 48 for me. And you can nice. enjoy Wyoming under any circumstances, right? Yeah, yeah. I've never been to Wyoming. What are you doing there? Well, it's <laughs> it's a legitimate question. Well, some hiking, which is a sort of a new thing that I've just started to do, and uh, visiting some museums. And there are various sites, but the problem is they're so spread out. So I got a rental car, and pretty much every day I'm in a new hotel. I'm driving a few hours, seeing some more things. I'm going to finish up in, in Cheyenne and maybe maybe even see a few friends and stuff. So... It's the least populous U.S. state, and uh, these days, it maybe maybe that's the way I like it. So, anyway, it, it's been fun. But let, let, let me get back to uh, I just couldn't help mentioning that I was I was pleased to see that. Um, what's your background? And I I, I don't want to ask how old you are, but gosh darn it, I'm curious. But what is your background? Well, I'm 34. First of all, holy not, cow, you're a kid. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm not that I'm not that old. Uh, my background uh, probably normal ish. I used to work at a job that I hated. I was a debt collector, which is a thankless job of calling people that hate to hear from you all day. And I went to school full-time in one city, worked full-time in another city, and just kind of worked my butt off. You know, 20 hours a day, didn't sleep at all. And I went to college full-time, worked full-time for other people, driving on the same highway I hated every single day and wanted to do something different. So I started some stuff on the side with internet marketing and Eventually, it took off, and kind of here I am today. But I, I think I started pretty normal, actually. And trouble is, when a lot of times when people try to do what you now do rather successfully, when you have your own company and stuff, it's such a slog that they just say, "I don't even know if this is worth doing." I mean, maybe I should just, you know, drive for Uber to make extra money, something like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need people who do that. But I think some people just find it such a tough nut to crack. It just—it just seems like you have to—you have to just strain and work so hard and so long. I mean, was that—was that your experience? Uh, it's hard to say. I think I dabbled in it a bit. Uh, I would go to work and then go to school, and then after about ten o'clock at night, once I wanted to pull my hair out from uh, whatever college class I was attending, I would come back to the the warrior forum. I don't know how familiar with you or your audience are with with that back in the day, and I would buy info products. Some of them I would put into action, some of them I would not put into action. And eventually I got one that, that worked after, I don't know how many I bought, I bought several of them. Um, and one was called One Penny Likes from a guy called Simple Spencer. I don't remember exactly how long it was ago because everything kind of blends together at this point, but started a little Pitbulls fan page for myself and it just erupted. It took off. We were getting uh, I went from zero to like 70,000 fans in a weekend with only like $60 in spend. And then 
promoted CPA offers from it and all kinds of stuff and made a good amount of money. But the first several, several, several products I tried, and I put them into action for the most part. They didn't really work for me. I tried, but I also didn't have very much time either. You know, as a full-time student and working full-time and then working on my business on the side and wasn't quite a business at that point. It was more of a side hobby. With the small amount of hours I had left, I kind of put in as much as I could. And eventually after chugging along, it, it did eventually work. Ultimately, though, you got into print on demand, which is, unless you were doing print on demand stuff for, for Pitbull stuff, uh, is kind of somewhat different. I can tell you the segue how it kind of got there. Well, first, I got this huge Pitbull fan page and we started German Shepherd Pam pages and Rottweilers and stuff because I was, I'm a dog lover. I don't actually have any dogs myself, but I'm a huge dog lover fan. So we first found CPA offers when they were hot. There was something called a pet photo contest. And by the way, what is a CPA offer? CPA is uh, cost per acquisition. So basically, I had a fan page full of a bunch of fans, uh, spam people in the news feed, basically, and say, you think your dog's cute? Submit their photo for this pet photo contest. And every photo that got submitted, I got paid a dollar for it. And we got paid pretty well for it. Uh, eventually, that offer ran out. You can only spam the same thing so many times. And we found merchandise with a company called Teespring. And I became the uh, the number one referring affiliate in the history of Teespring. And I talked to those guys and I said, guys, there's, this is great. You have t-shirts, but people want mugs. People want jewelry. People want posters. People want canvas. They want all these other things. Why don't you put them on there? Why don't you put an upsell on there? And they were a venture capitalist-backed company and they didn't listen to anything that I said. So I said, you know what, guys? I'm going to build my own because shirts are great, but... I drink coffee out of a mug. I don't drink it out of a t-shirt. So all these people want all these different things. Uh, and long story, I got sued by Facebook and all kinds of other crazy stuff along the way. Um, wait, 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 hold, 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 wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can back it up a little bit. So um, basically, this is a, probably not the most beginner thing to say, but there was this thing called a UID scraper. Each person on Facebook has a UID, which is a unique identification number, kind of like a social security number, but for Facebook. We had a tool that I promoted that, I, that would scrape UIDs from groups, and it would allow you to say, this is everybody that's in this Facebook group. You can put an audience into Facebook, and you can run an ad to them. Facebook did not like that because it was basically mining their data, which is the number one most important thing to Facebook, which was their data because that's how they made all their money. When I was using it, it was a compliant tool. A couple of years later, I had my face all over the sales page because it converted paper better like that. Facebook had changed their terms of service. Then that tool became uncompliant, and I was telling everybody, don't use it, don't use it, don't use it. Facebook did not care. When they found the sales page later for it, since my face was on it, they thought it was my tool. So one day I woke up, actually the day that I moved from Kansas to Las Vegas, I woke up and uh, I couldn't log into Facebook. And then I check my email and I get a letter from Facebook's legal team. And Facebook was suing me for a breach of data and compliance and all kinds of different things. So I spent nine months in litigation, hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees. Oh. Couldn't have talked to my family. I had just moved. So I lost all my social connection to everybody in the world. How I was connecting with them was through Facebook. Couldn't see my friends through Facebook. Didn't know what their kids were doing to back to school. Kind of anything and everything. Uh, but it was a blessing in disguise because during that time, since Teespring wasn't listening to me, I didn't have a Facebook account. I lost my entire company and business. I kind of needed something to do. So during that time, I was like, all right, it's time to build the platform that I wanted. So I fought that legal battle for about nine months, eventually settled with Facebook, got my account back, 
started Gearbubble and kind of put literally every dollar I had into that process. Had I not got my account back, I probably would have went bankrupt. It's hard to say at this time, but the gamble paid off. Now I have Gearbubble. We've done over $100 million in sales, birthed out of this very character-building experience that I don't feel like still to this day that I really deserved, but it happened. All right, I'm I'm probably going all out of order here, but just I think I'm, I'm asking <laughs> questions as they occur to me with Gearbubble, which I've I know about, and I know a lot of people who use it. But is the idea that you guys, you know, let's say I've got a mug design, you guys put the design on the mug and you ship it out for me and stuff like that? But but is it also a platform where I can? Is it like Shopify where I can build my own store on my own Gearbubble store of items? You absolutely can. We have ten or two versions. We have a classic version, which is Gearbubble.com, and then we have Gearbubble Pro, which is almost like a white label one, which allows you to sell all the products we offer, but it's on your own branded domain. But you can also sell anything else that you want, just like Shopify. You can sell box offers, you can sell private products, you can sell drapes, curtains, jewelry, whatever it is that your heart desires, just like Shopify. But is this? And I'm getting a little bit off where I was going, but. To me, the hurdle to that would be I'm not an artistic person. You know, maybe I, I can come up with snarky sayings, but I, you know, I'm not artistic. So how could I, even though you guys do the actual physical creating of the mug itself and slapping the design on it or whatever, where am I going to come up with a design would be my stumbling block. You know, most of the best designs that sell are actually very simple. You can make them yourself in Canva. Uh, I can't make designs very well either. I'm really bad at it. Or you can hire somebody on Fiverr for like five bucks to do it as well. If you really, if it's really that much of a stumbling block, you know, five dollars. If you sell one product, you're going to make about fifteen dollars profit. So it's really not that much. Uh, but usually, if you're going to sell anything that's printed merchandise, you do have to have some sort of design that you can print. But luckily, the best, the stuff that sells the best is actually very simple. Like you could, you could make it. In five minutes on Canva, even with a YouTube instructional video, it's very easy. I have something that couldn't be more different from Gearbubble. I have a digital product called Liberty Classroom where people can take courses that are taught by me and by other people that I trust. And the thing is that when you, it, when you open any platform, you have no guarantee it's going to succeed. I, didn't have, I poured a lot of money into the creation of this thing, and I had no – I was just I, – I thought I had read my audience well, and I thought it should work, but I had no guarantee of that. The very first day it opened, when I saw the sales come in, I said, all right, this is going to work. I, I know, if just from day one, I know this is going to be a success. Is that how it worked with Gearbubble? No, not at all. The first day that we went live, we sold one unit. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> one unit. It was, uh, I mean, the platform was, it was still pretty beta-ish. Uh, you couldn't track your order properly. I'm a big fan of, you know, getting it out and then kind of perfecting it as you go so that you don't get stuck in this perpetual perfection phase. Because had I tried to make it perfect, maybe I would have never launched it. Maybe yeah, I would that, have and that does hold a lot of people back. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of making sure it's not perfect because, you know, done is better than perfect in my, in my, my world. Because if you work really hard, you're always going to find something you can improve, something you can tweak. And then what you'll be working on for a long time ends up being something that really didn't matter. And then it held you back for weeks and weeks, if not months and months and months. And I was fighting a legal battle with one hand and building a platform with another and having no revenue come in from being sued with another. So I kind of had to launch it as well. So I was forced into it a bit too. But yeah, the first day we sold one product, second day we sold two, and then it kind of went more and more and more and more and more. And now here we are, millions and millions and millions of units sold by here. How long have you been around? Five years, maybe six now. Okay. Is this your main job running Gearbubble? Yeah, it's the only thing that I do. Ah, wow. Okay. 
So you don't do affiliate marketing or anything like that? Um, I do a little bit of digital education, affiliate marketing, pretty much anything that's e-commerce related that can help Gearbubble grow. If there's maybe some new awesome TikTok ads course or something out there like that, that somebody uses to sell Gearbubble products, then I'll educate our audience on that if it's related to Gearbubble. But outside of that, no, everything that we do, do you know, one way or another feeds back into Gearbubble. One of the questions I'd like to ask my business people is about a failure they learned from. And I'll give you an example of a failure I learned from. I just told you about a product that I had. And when it first came out, it did really well because I was pitching it to my existing audience and they just ate it up. It's the natural kind of thing they would want. But then I thought, I should be more ambitious. You know, I should try to go beyond my natural audience, people who already heard of me, maybe who read my books or my blog or whatever. And maybe I should try to go out to a cold audience who doesn't know me, but yet might like the product and pitch it to them. So I went to, I've told this story before in, in my, on my email list. I went to Glenn Beck. I thought, I'm going to run an ad with Glenn Beck and I'm going to have a nice landing page just for his people with a really great offer. And we, we did that. I paid them for the ad and the ad generated nothing. Like, and, and when I say nothing, I don't mean it generated like 300 bucks and I'm rounding that off to nothing. I mean, it generated nothing at all. And what I learned from this was that I learned something about the difference between warm and cold traffic. The warm traffic would be people who know me and like me and trust me and they know if I put something out, it's going to be good quality. That's warm traffic. Those people are not hard to persuade. Somebody who's never heard of you before, you've got to make that person an absolutely irresistible offer for them to make that leap of faith. And I was not, the offer was not as irresistible as it should have been for that type of cold audience. And Boy, did I learn that the hard way. I mean, it was, it was sad. The Glenn Beck people actually pitied me. They said they had never seen an ad campaign flop this badly. I thought, the thing that I least want to be on this earth is an object of pity. So I hated that particular incident in my life, but I learned something from it. Do you have something like that that just was a flop, but at least you learned something? I mean, I still have flops to this day. You know, a lot, that's, I actually like flops because it means I'm trying something new. You know, if I if I wanted to do something that succeeded all the time, you know, I, which I do, um, flopping is growing to me because you learn stuff. Like you just said it yourself, you you learned a lot, and it inspired you not to be the 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 pity person on the the wheel there. So I actually like it when something doesn't do well because that's where I learn the most. I have launches all the time that we try something completely new. I usually do that with my own traffic because it's something completely new, and then it'll flop. You know, but people don't remember those. For the for frankly, people only really remember the home runs. They don't remember all the different flops. But we, we get that all the time. Like I just tried to run a TikTok ad last week, completely flopped. We spent a thousand dollars on it, made no money whatsoever. So I, I've actually I encourage flopping in my life because it tells me what I did wrong. I learn a whole lot more from what I screw up than I what I get right. So uh yeah, we we flop pretty consistently. We put out a new product. Sometimes we'll spend a whole lot of money on a production line on something. And then we put it out, boom, flop. Like when we put out leggings for Gearbubble, for example, we were like, okay, leggings are a hot product. Women wear them everywhere. Put them out, crickets, no sales whatsoever. Eventually later, we would get like six sales and then 20 sales. But when you put hundreds of thousands of dollars into a production line, six sales doesn't really cover the bills for it. So we get it you know, quite often. It just means that we're trying to innovate usually. Sometimes it works, and when it works, it works really, really, really well. And Sometimes it doesn't, and you learn from it, and you move on, and you try again. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Now, one thing I've been trying to do during this crazy 2020 year 
is uh, particularly on, I have two email lists and I have, a, I have a business email list and I've been, my theme, my recurring theme has been, I bet going into 2020, you had no idea that one day we'd be living in a world where all of a sudden your business would be deemed non-essential and would be shut down for some indefinite period or could operate only at 50 or 25% capacity or whatever it is, some kind of restriction could be placed and it would depend on what state you lived in and it's just things that were totally beyond your control and your livelihood could be endangered. And who could have predicted that something like this would happen? So what I've been trying to tell people is maybe now that we know that this can happen, maybe now is not a bad time to think about what can I do to protect myself against this kind of thing in the future? What, what could I have at least on the side that is something that they, they could not shut down or it would be very, very difficult, wouldn't even occur to them to try to shut down. And so the idea of starting, I'm not saying that we don't need brick and mortar stores. I, I would be very sad if we didn't have them. But right now, my brain is thinking I want unshutdownable. And that, to me, that's the best thing about everything I do. Every single thing I do is unshutdownable in the sense that no matter what Dr. Fauci says, my business continues. And likewise for Gearbubble, Although I wonder, have you had to deal with supply chain disruptions or anything like that? We're definitely not. I mean, it's been a wild year. <laughs> to say the least, nobody could have predicted any of what has come this year. I wouldn't say that we're unshutdownable, but we're pretty close. We've had a whole host of logistical issues. Our business has actually boomed, like especially when it was Mother's Day, Father's Day season. Um, our business was erupting. We were selling tens of thousands of units every single day. And we had a lot of problems. Like we had issues with some of our warehouses in Philadelphia because the actual governor was making us have people shut down from it. They were having a social distance. One of our suppliers for two-tone mugs, we were selling like 6,000 units of two-tone mugs a day, and they were starting to get backed up. And there was nothing we could do about it because literally the police were at the door of the warehouse and said, either you social distance or we're going to shut you down. So our sales were going up, 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 but our capacity was going down, 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 down. I'm like, listen, guys, people need a job right now more than ever. You can't just come through and shut us down. But we kind of had to obviously follow the law. We had to do it the way that they wanted it to get done. And eventually we got all the orders out. You know, a few trickled them here and there a little bit late, but we did the best that we could. It's just been a wild, wild ride this year in every sense of the fashion. Some of our, like we have warehouses all over the country. The ones in Kansas weren't affected that much because the warehouse was smaller. So the different laws there only we could operate at full capacity, but some of our mug warehouses that had more people that were working in them and different, like we have one in Chambersburg, we have one that's in a different part of Philadelphia. The one in Philadelphia wasn't affected that much, but the one in Chambersburg is huge. It's a giant company that we used to, it's a huge factory that has 1500 employees in it. So that was spaced out and they have police at the door every single day. And they were literally going to shut the entire factory down had we not followed the rules. And we did the best that we could for capacity-wise within what we could possibly do. But every single nook and cranny of our business has been impacted. But we've also got a lot more business as well. Like a lot of the people that were drop shipping from China have came to us because that doesn't work at all. Period. Like you can't get stuff like e-packing. You try to bring it in. What used to take two or three weeks was taking two, three, four months, and then it just wouldn't even get there. So it's actually been a little bit of a blessing, but a whole lot of character building experience. Yeah, well. character building. That's a nice euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no kidding. So, but at the same time, well, so what I've been trying to say is, you know, especially given 
probably everybody listening to me spends too much time on social media. Like it's almost like no one even wants to be lectured to about it anymore because we all know it's true. I know yeah. in my case it's true. I, I would be much more productive. I would have probably a couple more hours in the day, frankly, if I weren't in fruitless arguments with people I'm never going to convince. You know, what? that's not doing me any good whatsoever. I could be learning a musical instrument. I could be, I could do, be doing anything. And likewise, you, what you could be doing is doing what you did when you were juggling a million things and at 10 p.m. you were in the warrior form trying to learn how to build a business. You know, like that's, that's where you should be taking that time, especially in 2020 with all this wreckage everywhere. That's what you should be applying it to. So I'm trying to find for my folks, like what's the easiest, you know, most newbie friendly thing for them to do. So I have talked a bit about print on demand because that's a business model everyone can get. Like I don't, it doesn't take me 10 minutes to explain to them what they'd be doing. You'd be making t-shirts, <laughs> you know, you'd be making <laughs> mugs. Do you understand English? You know, it's a, it's a simple concept to understand. And obviously, since you're the creator, you have a whole company dedicated to this, you know, I'm sure you would know exactly what is it that a, that a beginner needs to know? What are the pitfalls? What, you know, so what can you say to somebody who thinks, yeah, it might be, be actually be kind of cool. I'd feel like the, you know, I'd feel like the master of the universe if I could say to people, I have my own online store. I'd be like, whoa, you do? How did you, did you have to cast a spell? To do? Like, people don't even know how you would do something like that. And, you know, to be able to make a, make a few smackers selling merchandise that particular niche audiences would, you know, slit their grandmother's wrist to be able to buy. Maybe not quite that much, but you, you get my <laughs> point. What do you say to them to say, look, this is doable. You could do this. This is not some undoable thing that you need to be a brain surgeon to do. Yeah, I mean, e-commerce and print on demand is really great because the hard part about e-commerce is logistics, the manufacturing, all those different problems and eggs, and we solve all those for us. Like Q4 is, a, is upon us. Christmas season is coming. People have moms, people have dads, people have brothers, people have sisters. They have aunts, nieces, nephews, uncles, cousins, all that stuff. And that's never going to change. That's why I really, really, really love e-commerce because you can sell things that people are going to want year in, year out. Mom is going to need a gift for Mother's Day. Mom is going to need a gift for Christmas. Mom that drinks coffee is going to drink things out of a coffee mug. People don't go out in the streets naked. They go out with a t-shirt on. You're selling products that absolutely every single person needs. It's just that if you sell cool and unique products that you design yourself, they're going to buy it from you. Like I share stuff all the time on my timeline. Will it be you know, a nurse product or a mom product or a brother product? And even without trying, people will say, hey, where's the link for that? That's hilarious. I love it. Where's the link for that? And they want to buy those products from me, even products that my other sellers design. I share them out on my newsfeed. And almost every single time that it happens, I get people that want to buy that actual item. So instead of arguing with people about fruitless things, like you said, we post cool little funny products out there, which is one thing that this universe could use in this 2020 world is a little bit of humor. And people love them and buy them. You and I have a mutual friend. Uh, he's a listener of my podcast, Adam Schneider. Love Adam. Yeah, he's he's in this, he does this kind of stuff too, and I'm pretty sure he uses Gearbubble. He and does. he has helped some nonprofits that, you know, he and I believe in to help them get started with merchandise because now he's like an expert. He has his own podcast on how to do stuff like this. And he told me what I guess I should have known already, but I'm not really in this area, that it's precisely at various holidays. Christmas, obviously, but people would over, might overlook things like Mother's Day, Father's Day. There are particular clusters of, of time when 
these kinds of products just sell like crazy because people are looking for a gift. They don't know what gift to get. They want to get something safe but funny and amusing that seems appropriate for the person. And those are the days, like he's, he says that at Christmas, he's had last couple of years, he's grossed about 25K in the month of December because of Christmas. And this is something, you know, and it makes me feel good because he found out about this because he listens to me. So that so with Christmas coming up, that is a that does seem like a sensible thing to to try. So presumably you have some thing that shows people like how it all works, like what the steps are and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely there's a lot of holidays where the sales spike a lot. I mean during Christmas time, people are going to be buying gifts for loved ones. During Mother's Day, people are going to be buying gifts for Mother's Day. Especially this particular Mother's Day was really huge because that was when you know COVID was at its really really hot spot. People couldn't even go to the big box stores. They couldn't go to Bed Bath and Beyond because it wasn't open. So they bought all their Mother's Day gifts online and their Father's Day gifts online. It's really pretty simple. You look for the upcoming holiday that is going to happen for sure. It's almost like if you were in stocks, you look for a rolling stock. You know, if you can kind of time what's going to happen next, you're going to do well. Well, what's going to happen next is grandma's going to need a gift. Your niece is going to need a gift. Your aunt and uncle and all those people are going to need a gift. They're going to love witty little coffee mugs. They're going to love little jewelry. They're going to love necklaces. They're going to love t-shirts. So we like to sell people what they want when they want it. And then all you got to do is come up with a funny little design. It could just, it could be, you know, Bay, B-A-E, best ant ever. And that's a funny little witty, witty design. It's trendy. That type of stuff sells really, really big volume. You just make it a simple text-based design, upload it to Gearbubble. You can share it out to your Facebook news feed, or you can run a Facebook ad or however you want to promote it, especially during seasonal times. They're going to do really, really well because we're selling people the stuff that they want when they want it. Like come November, December, people are going to be looking for and searching for these gifts anyways. You just got to put your gift in front of them. And by the way, one way, if you're just not an idea person, although almost anybody can can think of something clever that people would like, but if you see something funny on a on a T-shirt or on a bumper sticker while you're driving, there's no reason that couldn't be on a mug also. You know, there's no reason Absolutely. you couldn't repurpose it. Some of the best-selling stuff is is memes. You get a funny, hilarious meme, the stuff that goes viral on social media, slap that on a T-shirt or a mug, and it'll sell really, really well because people like to share it. People think it's funny. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, what I'm going to do is uh, for for folks who want to be king of the universe with their own their own store, and you don't again, you don't have to. This is not 1957. You don't have to stock this store with inventory that you cross your fingers and hope people will buy. You know, that's, this is 2020. There, there are ways in which 2020 is better than 1957, despite the fact that we're locked in our houses. And one of them is this, that you can have a store that doesn't have to have any inventory in it. So you can keep your costs like super duper low. When somebody buys, then you get the thing. Then Don will, probably not personally, but he'll make sure that that <laughs> thing gets made for you and, and shipped to the person. So it's 2020, but most people don't, most people are, are still out there working at jobs like it's 1957, but this is something to give a shot to in 2020. So I set up a, I always do this for when links are long and complicated and people won't remember them. I just do a redirect link. So tomwoods.com slash Don for Don Wilson here is a shortcut link so that you can watch exactly what's involved and how Gearbubble works. Um, as I said, a lot of people use Gearbubble. And how you can have your own little store. And wouldn't that be awesome if you could do that? So I'm going to refer people over there if they want more information. I am so glad that I had a chance to talk to you and that Gearbubble is doing so well. I honest to goodness did not know that story about your first day you sold one unit. That, that, 
that just blows me away. And yet, you, I, I mean, I would have just been panicked at that I point. was. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I guess you would be. <laughs> I was panicked, but I kept after it, and I'm really glad that we did. Yeah, jeez, that is so great. Yeah, no wonder you're able to travel all over the place if you're running a business like that. That's just amazing. I'm sorry about the headaches you've had to deal with, but uh, it could have been worse. I mean, there are a lot of businesses where it, it could have been a lot worse. So I guess we count our blessings in 2020. Well, thanks for your time today, Don, and continued good luck. Thanks for having me, Tom. Have a great day. All right, everybody, check out tomwoods.com slash Don because that's just a neat thing. Running your own store, you'll feel like the king of the universe. It's really neat. And you don't have to keep any inventory and you come up with funny things and it's just a fun little thing to do. And you get to tell your friends, I run my own store from my home and they'll just think, I don't know how you're, you're some kind of a wizard, obviously. All right, tomorrow it is the episode of episodes because Lou Rockwell will be coming back to the show and we will be talking about the Trump-Biden debate. Yes, that's right. It is debate recap episodes once again. After a long absence, we are back doing it. So make sure you tune in for that one, and I'll see you then. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit TomWoods.com to subscribe to the show for free, and we'll see you next time. Like the sound of The Tom Woods Show? My audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at Podsworth.com.